back. Welcome back to Evil Thespian. <laughs> we are here with actress and performance artist Meg Spector. Meg, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to <laughs> yeah. be here. I'm so excited too. Oh my gosh. So oh, I just have so much to cover. Um, <laughs> I First of all, where where are you right now? I am on the Lower East Side in my little studio apartment right in front of my little toy shelf. I know that it's audio only, but I still wanted to provide some like ambiance. So there are. I love it. (laughs) I actually, right before this episode, I Googled tiny baby toy figurines because I thought about your tiny. Uh, babies and I was like I need to get on that because I have a desk that I just like I'm looking at a sandwich right now oh my god you totally need them what's really funny about them is that we are actually the target audience for them it's a Korean toy called Sunny Angels and in its statement it says like they are for young women in the workforce like young young women with jobs (laughs) to bring brightness to their day there's actually not to get too off topic but um there's a national shortage right now of the sunny angel i wonder what material it's like vinyl or plastic or something or it must be the supply Um, chain i think it's the supply chain i think they're flying off the shelves yeah because they were (laughs) huge this year um i think because of tiktok um I've been collecting them for many, many years, Um, but this is the first year that it's been on other people's radar. So I'm very excited that it's the year of the Sunny Angel. Yeah, shout out to Sunny Angels. Shout out, sponsor Evil Thespian Sunny Angel. Exactly, that would be like a perfect match made in heaven. Um, So uh, I, so how, so you're actress and performance artist. What sort of is your like creative background? How did you get into like acting? Ooh, juicy, juicy question. Um, so I've kind of had a non-linear path in the performing arts. Um, growing up, I really liked performing. Um, I was in like plays in my synagogue. It was usually like from plays and stuff. Um, and but I also growing up had been really into drawing and was seen by my parents at least as like a very advanced proficient visual artist um so i had focused on that a lot and um i don't know if in new york city there's all these kind of like specialized um public high schools that you have to get into Mm. even though they're public it's kind of like the college application process it's very intense so when it was time for high school, there's this one school, LaGuardia, as seen in the movie Fame. It's I've heard of this school. Yeah, the Fame <laughs> school. Um, and <laughs> I applied for both visual arts and drama. Um, and did like very intense training for both. Um, ended up getting in for both, which like not to flex, but like a little. <laughs> Of, oh my God. Um, was multi-disciplinary but they don't let you go for both things they don't have the infrastructure like that Dang. so I was pushed once again to like focus on visual art and ended up going 
for visual art um, while continuing to, I think really like my, I started to perform more intensely in a summer camp capacity. Mm -hmm. I went to like a vaguely socialist creative and performance art camp. Um, and I ended up there doing a lot of straight plays um, mm -hmm. and also getting very intensely into what at the camp they called clown which was really just a catch-all mm -hmm. for improv um, and sketch comedy and stand-up. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like heavy into clown, really into improv, really into sketch, really into like mask work. Mm -hmm. um, ended up in high school being a counselor in training for the clown department. Heavy, heavy into that, but still... I like couldn't get it through my little head that maybe I just wanted to be a performer because mm -hmm. when it came time to apply for college, I like ended up going to a visual arts college. Um, I ended up going to the Maryland Institute College of Art in Baltimore um, and thinking like, yeah, like I'm gonna be like a cartoonist. Um, I'm- Was it like cartoons? Like what was your like visual like specialty yeah. or like? So I I did a lot of comics um, and a lot of illustrations. It was a lot of like slice of life comics about like girls with animal heads. And then in my <laughs> last year of high school, I got really into um, toys and dolls and action figures and learned how to cast my own like plastic toys um, in the summer between high school and college actually I kind of fell into this New York toy scene which is something that a lot of people don't know exists where it's all these people that are making their own kind of cheeky bootleg toys with like packages with jokes and stuff on them and that was kind of in a lot of ways like my intro to it girldom um yeah. I was like going to all these events there were there were some women in the scene but it was like pretty male dominated um, you wouldn't you wouldn't know like I've never heard of this before yeah there are uh, the amount of scenes in New York you'd be surprised there's a scene for everything there is such a scene for everything and I remember feeling like so cool like going to these like kind of toy show gallery openings I remember I um I got to be like the awards girl at the designer toy awards which I bet you didn't so know cool. was <laughs> That was like a performance in and of itself. And that was actually when I came up with the name Meg Spector. It's not my mm -hmm. given name. I was just like, everyone in this toy scene seems to go by like an alias or a nickname. Yeah. I better, I better do it. <laughs> so when I got to art school, I kept up with the name. Um, I was making toys. I was illustrating. Um, and I was doing some performance art like in the kind of you know the art way to do mm -hmm. performance art like mm -hmm. I don't know I was in a in a like a when you go to like a nice museum and yeah, like you like, see like a, or something like a gallery Abramovich ass yeah thing. yeah yeah um so I was high very high brow <laughs> yes I was getting really into that but even then um, even in art school, my work always tended towards comedy. Um, my performance art, I 
and I ended up kind of abandoning my um, comics practice and my toy practice when I realized that what I really, really loved about art was kind of the communication and the performance. Mm -hmm. And so it was easier to kind of just cut out the middleman and mm -hmm. focus on like an effective kind of vision. Um, so I started doing almost exclusively performance and video work. Um, a lot of it had to do with kind of the links between earnestness and cringe and the I love the space where yeah like, you can't tell exactly and that's yeah. the best part because it's and like how... almost like a reality check like sometimes yes, when I completely. see people on like uh I get this feeling when I see uh I watch TikTok like some creators mm -hmm. some specific uh niche of creator where I'm yeah. just like my uh vision of reality is now I'm confused you know yes. I'm just like is this real like I don't like completely there's completely. like a blank and spot <laughs> Crazy. yeah I remember being assigned Sontag's notes on camp in yes art school, the blueprint having like a profound effect on me and thinking about how in some ways cringe culture is like an extension of what kind of camp was for a while and what is what used to be campy could now also be considered cringy and yes, yeah Sontag talked about how kind of like the most potent camp there is is camp where it's taking itself seriously and it's not trying to be campy and it made me mm -hmm. think of kind of the most potent cringe is cringe where the person didn't mean to be cringe and it's kind of essentially exactly the same thing yeah I was building this whole practice on earnestness and cringe. A lot of it was um, was based on the idea of doing karaoke mm -hmm. and covering songs because that was something that I really, really, I love karaoke. I worship it's, at the it's a, like It's a, a karaoke is almost an art form within itself. Completely. Like, it's a really um, underrated, like very uh, underexplored medium. Um it's just it also just there's a scene as well yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you know? there is like oh i'd love to break into the karaoke scene but like Seriously. essentially like doing karaoke comes from like a true place of just like wanting to sing a song and often the people doing it aren't very good but it's about like kind of the joy of doing it and karaoke I think is regarded as cringe. Like there's a trope, mm -hmm. you know, watching people do like bad karaoke. So that yeah. was a lot of what my work was. Um, I ended up graduating from art school in 2021 and I was still, our school was still doing remote. So mm -hmm. I um, graduated on Zoom um, mm -hmm. and moved back to New York City where I'm from and um started kind of hanging around I got like a backstage account yes yeah, exactly. yeah. the tools of the trade <laughs> I don't I know it um I ended up in like a real sloppy um production of Chekhov's The Seagull done in Prospect Park where at one point an unaffiliated 
parade came right through it during a pivotal piece. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then I ended up meeting Matt Gazda, who I know has been a guest on your show. I think I met him and Cassidy the same night when I went to see Dime Square in its original run. Wow. Um, I've actually, that's the one, uh, that's the one play I haven't seen in, no uh, in person. In I've, the- yeah, I've read it. I, I've read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've read the sequel to as well. Right. Um, but yeah, those are the ones I've actually haven't seen in person. That's but, too funny. Uh, that's like his yeah. like marquee property. That's his Mickey exactly. Mouse. It is. Um, <laughs> so I, I like went to Dime Square, the play, because I lived on the Lower East Side, and it was before mm-hmm. the New York Times article, um, but after the New York Magazine article. So, and I think part of it was I didn't really have that many friends in New York. Yeah. Um, Which is and- interesting because it's like, uh, you know, the Dime Square like rhetoric is associated mm-hmm. with like this string of friends or like friendship yeah. and the the play as well and yeah it just sounds like you were already in Lower East Side but at the time like you didn't have friends yeah I was like keeping my eye on the scene like I had picked up a copy of the Drunken Canal but like yeah truly was friendless and also my (laughs) friend um who is a fiction writer was away on like a four-month writing residency in Pennsylvania so I was very much all alone. So I was how like, did, "How did you get through?" Because I do, I do not, I don't do well when I'm like isolated. Yeah, because I will literally talk to anybody, and like if I'm in a place where it's like I don't know who to talk to, and I'll just mm-hmm. talk to the closest person in arm's reach, which is not yeah. good because I don't want to trust everyone. <laughs> I was really used to it actually, mm-hmm. because when the pandemic hit. Um, I was living in an apartment alone in Baltimore. Mm. Um, oh, shout out Baltimore. My husband's Baltimore. Uh, family is from Baltimore. Oh, really? From the yeah, city? Yeah, we just, uh, yeah, kind of just like the city and like the surround, his aunt's house is like just right out, basically right outside the oh, city. Oh, amazing. So, yeah. But I went there for the first time a couple of years ago and I was like, I, this is nice. It's like, like fun and cute. It's, it's due for it a revival. Is. I'm very mm-hmm. pro Baltimore. But yeah. I had essentially because I I did two years of Zoom school in an apartment alone. Oh my um, god. Yeah. So I kind of just was used to that as mm-hmm. yeah. a thing. Um Oh my god, I was crazy in quarantine though. I would go on Instagram Live and do karaoke for hours oh on Oh my it, gosh. On I did the weirdest. I mean, I'm the same. Like I would I met up with people I met in Discord chats and <laughs> my and like I'm like a like I I wasn't married at that time, but my he like Paul was like, what are you doing? Like, you're going and meeting up with, like, these random nerds in, Mm -hmm. like, public that you don't know, but you talk to every single day. And I was like, I don't know. Seems like there's nothing else to do. (laughs) And just all somebody's around. So Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, but I was the same way. I was like, what platform can I be on today? (laughs) No, literally, yeah. Where where can I hang out for a little bit? Yeah. So 
I was kind of used to being alone, but still wanted to kind of jumpstart making friends in the city. So I was in the practice of going to a lot of things alone and going to kind of anything anybody mm -hmm. told me about. So when my boyfriend sent me the New York Magazine article about Dimes Square, the play, I was like, okay, fuck it. Like, I'm going to go mm -hmm. get a ticket. Um, it's mm -hmm. a couple blocks away from me. Easy peasy. Um, I went and... I really enjoyed the play and I was struck by how kind of casual and unofficial the whole ordeal was for a mm -hmm. piece that was getting press. And so because mm -hmm. of that, I kind of decided to play a little game where I was like, all right, how friendly can I get with the people involved tonight? Because like, they seem accessible. I could go up and talk to them like, yeah, let's let's get in let's make yeah. some i guess it's not it's really nice. a game. i yeah, guess it's just it, like it feels friends. like so within yeah exactly like it yeah. feels like in it not only does it feel inviting it it's like not intimidating it feels yeah. like friendly environments <laughs> yeah exactly um and but i've always like when approaching kind of scenes and stuff even if it is like friendly and nice there still is a part mm -hmm. of myself that kind of views it Oh, sorry. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> a part of myself that kind of views it as like an infiltration on my part. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah. I'm going to infiltrate tonight and let's see how far I can get. The answer, as it turns out, is very far because I was later in the sequel for Diamond Square. And yeah. Two map plays. But essentially, yeah, I ended up hanging out with the whole cast, going out for drinks afterwards, going to a party after that. Cassidy Grady invited me to her birthday picnic. Um, <laughs> Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> and suddenly, like, I just had people all of a sudden yeah. who I could hang out with and do stuff with who really like mm -hmm. theater. Um, and so that's mm -hmm. how I've fallen into where I am right this second. <laughs> and um I yeah, I, I really like kind of the approach of just like, um, how yeah, kind of like it's kind of like a game because it sort of like the mindset kind of motivates like the mm -hmm. little like social push a little bit yeah exactly um, what's it like kind of making this transition because I love to hear these stories about people who go to zoom school and then transition into uh like later adult life like what is that like I can't imagine doing zoom school for two yeah. years <laughs> I mean I think I feel a little bit um undergrown on some mm. level or a little like immature as a result but like in a way that's not necessarily the worst thing like when the pandemic started I had been 21 for a couple of months um mm -hmm. and then when I graduated I guess I was like about to turn 23 um so and like it's weird because even when New York got back to normal um mm -hmm. 2021 or a little bit normal and I don't know if it, what it was like in Chicago but Baltimore was still very very much on lockdown um and yeah same it yeah. was like lot it was like sort of soft lockdown yeah where things are open but it was very like anxiety inducing a lot of like just super mask yeah everywhere exactly yeah. um mm -hmm. so I kind of I feel like I missed out on some level on like a lot of kind of early 20s growth and development, but it led mm -hmm. to 
now that I'm back in New York, or at least um, for the first year I was in New York, me kind of having the thirst and the fortitude to like go out every yeah, night just and that's awesome and do things and like i was just yeah. on like a one-year streak and that's how i ended up having like so many friends and making so many professional mm -hmm. connections um and i'm very very thankful on some level that i had this kind of like hunger to mm -hmm. do that I really like that because um, when I was in college, like that was the time I was like, let's go out every single night, party, bar, another party, yeah. another bar, and like socialize so much, talk to yeah. everybody. But I went to school kind of just in the middle of nowhere. And then mm -hmm. once I graduated, all of that like energy had already been like dispensed right. <laughs> in, the, at, in college time. And I'm like, wait. I have to go out and party again, again? so I can like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, and now I'm like, uh, now I'm about to turn 30 next year. And I'm like, oh, I'm tired. Like, <laughs> so, yeah. but I just like, you had this period of like, okay, like a lot of like, almost like a pressure cooker. Like it's a build up and it's like, yeah. propels you to like exactly. do as much socialization as possible. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's also, oh yeah, no, you can go. Oh no, I, just, I think it's like, it's dying down for me a little bit mm -hmm. in a way where yeah. like I, now I'm 25 and mm -hmm. I'm a little bit like, I don't want to go out. I'm going to spend Friday night alone by myself. And I like, <laughs> that I would like get to that point so that's kind of exhilarating in its own right um but yeah, it's interesting like a whole new for me it was age 27 and I really do think 27 like that's why they say like the 27 club or whatever yeah like that is like to me it was like the age where like one day I woke up from like a night of heavy drinking and I just truly felt like I needed to call an ambulance like yeah my, I was like oh my god I never felt something like mm -hmm. such deep mm -hmm. pain before <laughs> uh, I thought something was like genuinely wrong but I think it's just um uh endurance physical endurance yeah. limitations yeah, of the body <laughs> I and I have, um, I have so much respect for the party girls and the like weekend warriors I don't know how they do it they always look like gorgeous now if I drink for two nights in a row like I look in the mirror and it's bloody yeah. mare like <laughs> I don't know and honestly I think for with some party girls I think it comes down to sometimes a money thing because I feel like or some but not all party girls but in my when I started working in advertising advertising is like huge party culture mm -hmm. a lot of people who were really good at partying had a lot of money right. to either like buy a lot of just be healthier they just had a yeah. lot more resources to like recharge um and then also had a lot of money to buy drugs <laughs> yeah, completely yeah you know? easy yeah. peasy yeah so i yeah i totally have so much respect for the hustle um <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking of hustle i famously cannot focus for the life of me. So recently I've been starting my mornings with this drink called Magic Mind. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar, but it's a green matcha drink. Oh, I love matcha. I love uh, I, okay, and I don't know how you are in like the supplement. Like mm -hmm. I'm not really like yeah. into the supplements, but I do really like ashwagandha and I do really like bacopa. 
I only just started taking like normal vitamins so yeah I'm like I had to go to the ER earlier in the year because um I was like stressed and I was low on B vitamins like I just like now (laughs) I would go on B12 see like I I must be like a very common thing I think it's just because I eat a lot of sandwiches a lot of pasta yeah me too oh my god yeah yeah so anyway I've been taking this matcha shots in the morning and it's called Magic Mind and it has B6, B3, and B12 vitamins. And it also has ashwagandha, neurotropics, all that good stuff. So it gives me energy, but not in a way that gives you the jitters. It helps you focus, but in a way that's very zen. It makes me feel very calm. And it's a tiny, tiny little shot. Oh, so I love I'll that. Show you over here. So. Yeah productivity oh, so shots oh my god yes so you can get it at magicmind.com slash evil that's e-v-i-l-t as in tom with the code evil 20 you also get 56 percent off your first subscription and 20 percent off a one-time purchase personally i recommend just getting the 30-day subscription because it would just be the best deal yes. i'm gonna i'm gonna Try Shout it. Out to Magic Mind. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually really good. very handy for me because I've been trying to figure out how to get like good energy for um, Zoomers specifically. Um, because well, when yeah, I we got could... it, I was like, "Why is this so on brand?" Like, yeah, the whole the whole um, narrative is like, um, we have to combat productivity culture and hustle culture and all of that stuff because the the guy is like a former like tech Silicon Valley guy uh-huh. who went to the ER because he was too stressed. Oh my God. <laughs> and the doctor was like, you got to stop with the hyper caffeinated coffee life because you have a heart problem. Brilliant. So I was yeah. like, I, I can connect with that. Don't yeah, <laughs> I, I hear that messaging. I hear it loud yeah. and clear. But anyways, <laughs> but on the, on the note of that, like what's um, – Tell me a little bit about Zoomers. Speaking of Zooming. Okay. I I adore Zoomers. Um, Zoomers is, for those of you not in the loop, it is the newest Matt Gazda theatrical venture. Um, it mm-hmm. follows the lives of a group of Gen Zers living in an apartment together in Bushwick. And it has had a long run it's mm-hmm. the longest running show i've been in we've been up since like the beginning of october um so far our last date is scheduled for december 1st um and then i think we're picking it back up in january and it's at the brooklyn center for theater research in Greenpoint. um and it's matt's funniest play so that's really really exciting because I, I like his funny ones better. I'm yeah. a ha-ha chuckle kind of girl. So, yeah. yeah, like, the ones that are sad are, like, really, really sad. sad. So it's, like, you have to take it in, like, sp- in like sparingly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I really like that. Th- I think this is the one. I don't think I've read this one before. But um, what is the kind of, like, overall, like, plot, I guess? The overarching plot is there is this guy, Jacob. He is a 20-something. He graduated from an Ivy League a couple years ago. 
but is now kind of unemployed and spends all day playing smash and smoking weed. Um, a lot of it is to kind of cover up kind of his feelings about things, particularly a tumultuous relationship that he went through with um, a woman named Sarah played by me and it is my first um quasi villain role that Ooh, that's I've fun. ever gotten <laughs> yeah I'm usually cast as like sad or dumb like I like I've played Brooke in Noises Off multiple times that's kind yeah. of my niche um so this was oh and even in in Afters, which is the first part that Matt wrote for me, I played a version of myself, a girl named Mia, who loved karaoke and was not that good at reading and talked a lot. And she was so, so stupid. And I loved wow. that. It was a really, really funny part. I got great one-liners. But those are I, the best like that because yeah those are the those are the roles where everybody comes up to you after and I know like, you were my favorite <laughs> I know. It's, it's the joy of being a character actor I think that's it, the best I I identified like strongly with being and I, I still yeah. identify very strongly with being a character actor because <laughs> it just feels the most comfortable yeah um, no completely yeah. I'm I'm strictly character I've never played an ingenue I've never played mm -hmm. a romantic lead ever ever in my life mm -hmm. um so that's kind of my path but I said to Matt after afters I was like I loved being in this play but like mm -hmm. why was the character that you wrote for me so stupid <laughs> um, so then this time he wrote me like a very kind of complicated BPD theater girl who's like a little bit manipulative and evil um i can relate yeah yeah <laughs> relatable and there um yeah. and it's so funny because like as someone who whose background is in comedy um i i was having a little bit of a hard time with the part at first because like i usually measure my success on stage by like the laughs i'm getting Yes, um, that always because it feels it's like feels the yes, best. It's it, almost like a, a met your yeah your metric for a life. It's easy peasy to tell to tell what's going on when you get yeah. and I do get some laughs, but it's not really supposed to be such a funny scene. And I kept saying to Matt like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'm not getting laughs, and he's like, Meg, the scene is not funny. <laughs> like, and you're I like, wait, I. Maybe I am the ingenue. <laughs> Maybe I am. Maybe it's me. Yeah. No, the scene, the scene is a little funny. And I do get those moments. But it's been a very mm -hmm. different type of role for me. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's been just super duper thrilling. And seeing people kind of so excited about the show. Mm -hmm. And it really kind of established. Did it, like, put you outside of your comfort zone like acting acting wise absolutely um yeah. for sure because like <clears throat> I have had kind of you know big roles in shows but not for like a while um and sorry my voice is this way oh no like I uh I was uh unfortunately I left my uh water in the other room so no, you're smart. I'm. I'm never. I'm never hydrated, which is bad. Best being practiced. <laughs> <laughs> but 
this this role she's she's only in one scene sarah but she's <clears throat> mentioned throughout the show and she's kind of like the ghost of act one and then she comes in in act two and she like comes in swinging and the character is kind of like so angry so kind of girlfriend from hell so mm -hmm. gamified but at the same time like very sympathetic and in some ways mm -hmm. i think it's the most complex character that i've mm -hmm. played in a little bit so it's been like a little bit of a challenge for sure mm -hmm. and like i said before like figuring out how to strike the balance between like you know comedic timing and mm -hmm. serious and letting the work speak for itself Mm -hmm. a lot of there's been like a lot of elements that I really had to like attempt to rise to the occasion for and I'm really really thankful for that um yeah well I was just thinking about like your uh how you talked about like your cringe and like sincere practice it seems like a lot of those things that you have in like your toolkit like really add to your character um because you already have sort of like that language to refer to yeah. Um, so yeah, do you think that like, um, as you're like build, uh, like enter, like ex stepping outside of like your acting comfort zone, is that something you were like thinking about a lot or, cause I know like a zoomer rhetoric also has like this pairing of, um, like cringe culture and like sincerity. Yes, completely. Zoomers are very, very cringe, but zoomers are also incredibly self-conscious. The thing is as an mm -hmm. actor. Yeah you can't really be like your character, your characterization can be self-conscious, but you cannot be. And I think that like all of my cringe studies and making all these cringe videos um, mm -hmm. and all this stuff has led me to kind of when on stage, be very like unafraid, very mm -hmm. unselfconscious, act a fool. Mm -hmm. um, act ridiculous like a girl came up to me after one of the shows and she said my friend saw this the other night and she told me that you make the weirdest onstage choices and interesting and that's true you do you're yeah. making weird crazy choices up there and I think I think it's a combination of my kind of passion for cringe my clown mm -hmm. background kind of all of this my maybe lack mm -hmm. of formal training on some level mm -hmm. um, yeah well a lot of a lot of training will have you overthinking sometimes honestly yeah. and like that's I identify very strongly with being overthinker um and my when I went to theater school we just you do a lot of thinking yeah. and a sure. lot of like long isolated classes of just thinking and talking mm -hmm. about thinking so much <laughs> that it's a it's a tre it's treacherous it's, yeah. it's a slippery slope don't don't think just do it's the improv yeah thing. sometimes I do wonder though I'm like oh maybe it's time for me to go to a grad program for acting um I do I do think about that sometimes it's I mean it's really fun because I when I mean what my favorite part of like acting school really was the like uh, uh this mentorship if you have like a good um really good class or a good program you get paired with like 
teachers that are so knowledgeable. Yeah. And I think it's just yeah. the no- the knowledge thing that I really valued because, yeah, theater brings you so much knowledge, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The acting itself is, like, fun and engaging and, like, physical. It's great. But, like, there's also sort of that extra knowledge, learning from your mm-hmm. elders and all of this kind of, like, ni- like old-fashioned intellectual flair as well. <laughs> um, it's really fun. Yeah, I, I do. I think about it. I, for a while, like when I was in college, my game plan after college was to like go to France and go to that super acclaimed clowning school whose name escapes me oh, now. I don't, um, uh, I don't know what it is. I went to a clowning school and oh, I went to a clowning masterclass in London. Mm. We did oh, like a study that. abroad, but that's it was, that was fun. <laughs> Yeah, this is like this is like a full like two year like clowning program in I would love France. <laughs> like I think it was like what made me want to go was like Sasha Baron Cohen had gone. Yeah. I really I, Oh man. I would love to be like one of those ladies who are yeah, who are like French and are like the clown the clown professor at yeah, the French exactly. school. And is like always in athleisure and yeah. only, only only wearing socks never shoes all the time <laughs> and has a skinny scarf like scarf, that is like who like, i would love to be tumbler of some sort of warm beverage oh my gosh but so and so cozy yeah yeah that's so that's like really what i thought was gonna happen but then it was still closed because of covid when i graduated so i was like all right that's going on the back burner yeah like in another life like if COVID had not happened I would have made a real crack at at clown college I mean the clown is always within you Mm -hmm. know like it's always there yeah um I'm sure there's a huge I wouldn't be surprised if there's a huge clown community scene in New York (laughs) yeah I need to I need to figure that out I need to find the clown send in yes Clowns. Send in the clowns. Send in the clowns. Yeah, oh send my me gosh. The clowns. Yes, send us the clowns. Well, I really like this kind of conversation about like generational pathology because it's so like there's a lot of elements of it that are so subjective. And yeah. I'm I'm always like at a loss because some of it also requires like a, this self-awareness. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't know. I'm a very, like, from a Zoomer perspective, what is, like, your perspective of millennial culture versus Zoomer culture? Because some, I'm a a younger millennial, (laughs) so I'm sort of, like, a cusp a little bit. Yeah, I am a cusp, too. So it's been kind of complicated. Um, I'm, I'm 25. The streets are saying that Zoomers the earliest age you could be born a zoomer is like 97 98 mm-hmm. i'm born 98 um okay they're also saying like not to take it there but they're saying like one marker of being a zoomer is that you don't 911 911 <laughs> um yep. Yeah. yep and i like i don't know i definitely remember 911 but i also can't tell if i'm biased cuz i lived in downtown manhattan at the time and had so- to be up from preschool yeah that what? honestly well, well what is it well I mean with that what's your 9-11 story <laughs> I was three but I do remember that it was like my first oh. day 
of preschool. It's one of my earliest memories. Wow. Had picked up and there was this like school bus bringing people home that was like picking up people off the street um to get people out of the area and that's really all I remember but there's a part of me that's like if I didn't grow up in New York maybe I wouldn't remember 9-11 and then I would be a true zoomer so this is this is my curse that's really so yeah it, yeah it's your curse yeah, yeah that's so interesting to I be mean, a millennial by virtue of living in New York I know yeah you're an honorary yeah, you're an honorary millennial. Yeah. And I feel like there's also a sense of like patriotism, strangely, that comes yeah, with that please. as well. Yeah. Ride or die. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, there's like, I, I want to believe I'm a Zoomer, but like, my first couple of phones were the sidekick style keyboard phone. Oh, I think that def. Yeah, that would. Yeah, maybe honestly, like, there's a combination of like locale that goes into yeah. like generational yeah. Zoom or millennial culture. Um, I actually never had the sidekick, but mm -hmm. I did have kind of like every other phone. Yeah. But because yeah. I never had a sidekick, I want one now. <laughs> oh, I'm you know? dying for one. I'm also dying for the like new smartphone razor that does open and close. That's so, so cool. I want yes, to know. my next um, my next job, I'm gonna get one of those, like the little. There's a Motorola one that yeah. cleans. There's like um, another company that has it's a little like a clamp screen where you like can't see the yeah. seat. It's magical. And, to me. I would love to see one in person. And like as a as you know a petite woman, like Aww. I don't want to put a gigantic rectangle in my oh, small, <laughs> you know. Come something about in my tiny purse i need to put something in my tiny purse my iphone's too big so i'm like very and i think also like with the old phone model too i would love to collect like old phones as well like i just would love to have five ten phones <laughs> like, i would love really i actually i like got um two years ago i got my iphone stolen at a music festival and um I was like okay until I can get a new one let me go to CVS and like get one of the prepaid um flip phones and then like for a couple of days I was like maybe this should be my new shtick maybe I should just be a flip phone girl but then I I did get a new iPhone and that all went out mm -hmm. the window but all this to It'll say happen. I like I had CD-ROM <laughs> Kid. I had VHS tape. I think my dirty little secret is that I'm not actually a Zoomer. Yeah. Oh, sorry. When you said dirty little secret, I just thought of the All American Reject song. Yeah, that's <laughs> another millennial thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um. Yeah. My 9/11 uh, memory is like I was here. I was like similarly. I was in like first or mm -hmm. second grade. Mm -hmm. I was living here and I just remember my mom getting me dressed in the morning yeah. and just like watching the TV mm -hmm. as she was dressing me for school and she's like wow that's so sad that's so sad and I actually um, went to school that day like it was nothing and then I yeah. don't remember the rest of the day but I yeah. just I remember thinking like oh it's like just a car crash or another fire <laughs> that like I just I was like oh it just seems like a, another bad crash exactly. and something on the news i didn't even think anything of it till later 
Yeah, like I think it was different because like while my family did not live in the ground zero area, we lived in the East Village. So that's mm -hmm. lower Manhattan. I think like even my mom has told me since that like um, my grandpa who lived on the Upper West Side, which is where we moved to shortly afterwards, they went back to like business as usual kind of mm -hmm. way earlier than downtown New York did. It was like mm -hmm. a total kind of divide for the bounce back post 9-11 um yeah theater what a what a time to be alive what, wow, a, what a time that is a time alive. i mean whether yeah i feel like whether you remember it or not like there's still mm. sort of like these cultural shock waves that are like <laughs> got yeah. really really shook and like take yeah. a toll on my like personality um yeah, yeah that's like re that's really interesting um what do you for so for zoomers i guess like what a what are like the key like takeaways you feel like people walk away thinking about with the show um yeah I people i think that some of the like big themes of the show is kind of you know like the empty kind of aimlessness of what like a generation born into the world as it is now mm -hmm. feels um i think there's like definitely like a lot of zoomer nihilism on display mm -hmm. within the play a lot of mm -hmm. kind of contemporary search for meaning in things mm -hmm. like um astrology or drugs or being good at working or mm -hmm. kind of like a spiritual grasp at straws when you're kind mm -hmm. of in a world that is not necessarily built for younger people um uh, yeah like, and it's like there's no it's sort of like the younger you are the more important it is to be very very socialized yeah and like really really get though like very high socialization environments out of the way so you're can be like socially adapt you can uh, socially adapt in yeah. society <laughs> you can be yeah. a part of a society so it's like I think it's also like yeah this is this just society kind of, kind of thing that's society like, man yeah it's yeah. like the relationship with is the relationship with society is like what is society yeah, and like I have to be a part of it I guess there are moments in zoomers where characters will be having like a meaningful conversation and then there will be a lull in conversation and one of them will like open tiktok and scroll a couple videos on tiktok and then go back to talking um and you know what I can totally relate to that yeah been there been there yeah I, do, you, do you ever like sometimes I love these moments when like you're talking to somebody but you're also just like fiddling around with your phone and yeah. in the middle of the conversation your phone like goes up all the way to volume yes and like, I'm like oh sorry sorry and then I get embarrassed I'm like no it's I, I was paying attention to what you're saying the whole time <laughs> yeah there's this there's this game I have on my phone that I like can't stop playing it's called 2048 and you just like shift numbers and make them into bigger numbers and it's just kind of like a series of like right and center swipes into eternity and like if I could like I would I would do it all the time when I was talking to people but I know it's not mm -hmm. nice so I try not to yeah. but like there's a it, it's work-life balance <laughs> yeah, I, mean, 
that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking earlier today, I was like, man, there is nothing better than after a long day turning up the air conditioner and like lying after a hot shower, lying down on my phone in the dark and like scrolling. Yeah, like every I, single day I, I wake up and do my day. Just look yeah. forward to that most Zen <laughs> moment. Is to moment. Look at my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Even like when my boyfriend is over, when I'm sleeping at his house, like I'm not gonna like fall asleep in his arms. Like after like mm-hmm. chatting, I need I need a little like face away from him swipey time for mm-hmm. a little. Oh, absolutely. Oh, well, do you like? Do you ever like do those? Uh, do that thing with your boyfriend where it's like you're both looking at stuff, but then somebody gets like more interested. I usually he usually yes. has like a better algorithm than I yeah. do, like with mm-hmm. funnier stuff, and I will just watch his watch like, his. timeline. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I have totally gotten that. My my boyfriend's TikTok is almost exclusively cute animal videos. And he... So, all right. There's such a weird disparity between yeah. um, men's, al- straight men's algorithms and, like, mm-hmm. female algorithms. His is always, like, is, like cute animals. Yeah. His is always, like, there's a lot of, like, fishermen on his, like kind of getting particles off of lobsters and stuff and then mine is like a lot of like tiktok new york city restaurant girlies being like the bucatini fucked (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yes oh my gosh yeah i um for some reason my husband's uh algorithm is all videos of like really funny uh like (laughs) memes in arabic for some reason yeah and i just don't know why like he's into video games so Mm -hmm. he gets like the big titty goth girl videos as well on his timeline and he's always like i don't know why that's there um but otherwise other than that like yeah he'll get the weirdest ones where i'm just like this isn't part of your like search history at all exactly it's still weird but mine is like just shopping like all of mine is just like yeah. and i'm like this may this totally this makes hacks. sense I totally yeah mine is it. a lot of food mine is some like sometimes unfunny sketches i also get a lot of like tiktoks from like middle-aged women that have zero likes and zero comments because every once I in a while that. i throw one of them a bone so they just keep yeah. cutting but sometimes like my boyfriend hates my tiktok algorithm <laughs> thinks it's like the worst so sometimes we'll be sitting there like looking at my tiktok and he'll be like can we look at mine now like (laughs) it's like it's like i like that because it's like um can we watch what i want to watch now it's like when you're trying to decide what you want to watch with your boyfriend like what movie it's just like do we want to watch this i don't know i'm not in the mood for that but now yeah yeah now i have more fun like having those conversations with my husband being like do can I watch your phone yeah and especially because yeah. there's literally like right now there's nothing on tv we don't we never want to watch anything and mm-hmm. um we can never find a movie to watch together no, literally I'm just like counting the hours at this point until the Scott Pilgrim animated series comes out tomorrow I've read I've um, read about this I'm like, yeah we're what um uh it's just gonna be on the- Netflix which oh, okay. leads me to believe that it'll all come out at once. Um, and then Uh-oh. maybe my boyfriend and I will finally have a show together. 
There's nothing yeah. now. What? So you're um, yeah. I guess yeah. I'm trying to think about what Paul like. We do, we don't ever have like a show where it's like oh we yeah. have to watch our show. We yeah. like, he watches Real Housewives with me sometimes oh, and we get really into it. And yeah, that but those are really good like theater conversations we have with those. But other than that, where it's that's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> I've I've gotten my boyfriend a little bit into this kind of low budget drag competition show on Shudder called Dragula. It's only I've on heard of this. Yeah, it's on Shudder, which is like a horror app. And it's like it's like RuPaul's Drag Race, but all the queens are spooky and they also have to do Fear Factor style challenges. It's like the most cracked out TV. I'd love to know who thought of it. Um I'm obsessed. They're always like in full drag, oh. having to like m- move a mouse from one side of the room to the other with their mouths. Like I, I really like that. Would make a really good like art art performance. I feel yeah. like hard. Um, that's a really yeah. good idea. I yeah. actually had a my husband and I had actually a similar uh, weird show discovery randomly that I'm just remembering now. Um, it's a show with like 10 seasons and it's called naked attraction mm-hmm. and it is the most exploitative thing ever <laughs> but w- of course we watched it because it's literally naked people and you see everything and mm-hmm. basically yeah. it, the contestants like looks at like four people in these little boxes and then these little curtains like slowly like come up to like their waist and then you judge like and the contestant is like, I like this person's bush, and oh I like this person. Oh my god! And then it, and then like they go around, like it's like look at it like it's an art gallery or like you're at a store. Yeah. And then it it goes up and like just go like all the curtains rise up right to right below the neck, and it's like, how do you feel about this person's torso? And like the contestant is like, wow, I really liked their penis, but I don't know how I feel about their midsection. And then it like, and then each round like they eliminate some and then, and they, then, yeah. and then they reveal whose face <gasps> you get it's very it's honestly very sad but <laughs> we, we can yeah, only I'm, watch like, I'm fascinated by that it's so because yeah. only I I just think um from a contestant's perspective I'm like you know I'm actually very inspired by these people who go on reality shows and are just living their lives and are yeah. like you know what? I'm just gonna get naked on TV. Yeah. Why not? And yeah. <laughs> yeah, like just people who are like the simplest, the most humblest of backgrounds, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, I'm a bartender, yeah. and I live in a, a humble dumpleshire in the UK. And oh, I've heard that's a beautiful I- place to visit, Humble Dumpleshire. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> shout out, <laughs> shout out, big shout out to Humble people Double in Humble Double Fire. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I th- and also, yeah, I feel like there's a weird subculture of British reality. T- I mean, like Love Island. Yeah, and stuff. completely. My sister yeah. is so into Love Island. I hadn't realized about Love Island that like it it's on every day. Like, and it's from I no idea. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's happening in kind of real time in a way that reality shows usually are not but I think it's maybe a British thing because of like Big Brother which is like technically broadcast for mm-hmm. seven online yeah Love Island, as it turns out like they're cutting the footage from the day before and airing it that mm. day and there's a new episode 
every night. And that I just they're, wor- I, <laughs> they're oh working God. around the clock. Yeah, they've got people round the clock for this sort of oh thing. The interns are tired. Everyone free is- them. <laughs> free yeah, them now. Someone help the Love free Island interns. I can't imagine. I mean, uh Love is Blind had like a huge uh, bout of bad press because they didn't yeah. give the contestants enough uh like snacks, water snacks. and just like- water and like you know, it was funny because like the whole thing was like it's obvious they're like trying to get them as drunk as possible. Yeah, clearly. And then um this most recent season that I just watched out of boredom, they added these new tiny little details and like shots of them eating like they really oh, made yeah sure. they gotta prove and, like, that, yeah. and i'm like wait that last season they were eating hamburgers in the pods like that's weird yeah. but i'm like oh it's very obvious mm-hmm. um anyway so how can we how can we find zoomers how oh my god <laughs> zoomers has an instagram page um i oh, think yeah. it's just is it what is it i'm gonna check right now it's like um, Zoomers NYC. Zoomer I girl. love the little yeah. icon. Yeah, the, of, Kirby. Uh, the Kirby. So because cute. It's Smash Bros. And it's great because it means that we have like a TV with a Nintendo Switch in the theater and we can all play Smash after the show. So if you That's go on so fun. if you go on Zoomers NYC, um there's a link in the bio to buy tickets. Um we have a couple more shows left in 2023 and then we are going to be extending into january 2024 i believe and maybe even beyond it's been it's been an amazing run we're zoom we're zooming to the moon we're yeah we're (laughs) zooming forever i always joke i'm gonna be like yeah like we're doing a a very zoomers new year we're having happy zoomers 2027 like it's it's zoomers for essentially that's awesome that's do you ever have any like um people who come to the show and they are zoomers and they're like this is this is on point or like i don't know what's what's the vibe yeah what's the vibe there um well my my sister came to the show <laughs> and she she's in college right now so she's like decidedly zoomer um she she liked the show a lot but also because she's like at Yale and the main character also went to mm. an Ivy and now is a burnout she was a little mm. bit terrified like is this is this what my future is is this what yeah. it like <laughs> I would held a very harsh mirror up to you Abigail this is your future yes get it <laughs> well, into it that's hilarious yeah i think like there's this overlap between like zoomers and millennials where it's like you're kind of reared uh with this cultural uh value in doing your passion and doing it so hard and if you don't do what you're passionate about or you don't and like that put like very intense um kind of cultural brainwashing of like you need to do this <laughs> one yeah, thing and you, and you, you need, need to, to work do it great you need to do it really proactively yeah, yeah you, and you need to do that one thing and if you do it every single day for the rest of your life you'll be the best like I feel yeah. like a lot of like my yeah a lot of like the prestige like prestige sort of <laughs> culture or yeah, yeah and I think like, it's like maybe like a permutation of like the previous generations is like work culture combined with mm-hmm. like millennial and zoomer individualism has created mm-hmm. this kind of output content beast 
um, where, yeah. Ooh, boy, I mean, I, it's it's interesting because like doing this podcast, I do have those moments of like, I need to be posting every day and I need to find the best memes. And da, 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 yeah. but I'll have like these periods of like, oh, I'm going to make all these memes and stuff. But it's like, I can only like schedule those little bursts of yeah. energy. Like I can't go and like, hard 365 like because <laughs> then if you do like people kind of catch on and are like damn this this is extra yeah. and you don't want to come across as like desperate or, yeah. Yeah. or like disingenuous yeah exactly and, uh, I think yeah. that the tide is turning on genuineness though I think people are realizing there's no actual way to be genuine online and are kind of just embracing that yes and there there's a, a it's like anytime like you really try to be like super genuine it's yeah. like I'll always think of like oh I should make this video today and it's, I'm mm -hmm. gonna be real you know yeah. like you always like I always feel like I'm gonna be like this person who like takes a video on Instagram like I'm actually the the real one you know yeah, 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 yeah but yeah, then yeah, I'm yeah. like I'm like no it's never gonna be like that no, it's never you know? gonna be that and if it is it'll come across as like unhinged posting it'll just become like exactly like that's yeah. my first fear is like people will just I'm like you know what people are just gonna be like what something's yeah, wrong that's... over there <laughs> yeah um, and then there was, yeah, there was an was era there. where I was I wasn't really posting at all because um my boyfriend and I were actually working on a screenplay together that's finished now um, for a film. But I kept during the process of writing this film and I kind of wasn't acting while I was doing it. This was like this kind of spring and part of this summer. I wasn't really acting. I wasn't really posting. I wasn't really going out. I was like on the grind on the laptop every day with my boyfriend and I kept being so tempted to like make some sort of post to the effect of I'm making moves in silence. Don't worry. Like uh, I would, I, I, um, I co-sign all of those like type of posters. Like I'm making moves inside. Yeah. Like yeah. making moves, big things yeah. are coming. Like, I, yeah. I could, I couldn't actually make the moves in silence. I had to, yeah. I had to announce yeah, my silence. Yeah. You don't want to like, uh, yeah. You don't want to like, that feeling of like, oh, I'm announcing like big things are coming. Yeah, big, big <laughs> like, <things>. Nothing comes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's so weird. Uh, also, randomly, something that just randomly came to mind. Last time I went to New York, I had this realization that there's such a um, colorful, more colorful vape culture than there is here. Because there are certain brands that yeah. or so many brands and so many like more better product of vape sorry it's my dog <laughs> hi um that i can't get in chicago which is like so interesting yeah. but i just found the best vapes for some reason <laughs> in new york i don't know what it yeah, is I think is is the vape capital of of the usa for that i am terrified and and thankful but even like there's kind of like some west coast east coast vape divide like mm -hmm. my friend Sydney who lives in San Francisco came to visit me last summer and I was on my like air bar business and she's like what is that and I'm like it's the air bar it's like the main vape in New York oh. like oh in San Francisco we have the flum float and I'm like girl what is the flum float what is that what are you what talking the about the flum float no. um, and when I visited her in San Francisco no. I, I did get to try the flum float it, it was delightful but they're coming in like such California flavors like matcha or kombucha 
like yeah. I you know what I don't mind um something like cool and kitschy like that yeah. like I I really appreciate the creativity part of me is like where what happened to a good old hookah bar like oh, I used to true. smoke hookah a lot in college but it's fussy you know a, like it's really yeah. I've only been to hookah bars in like high school I think because it was exactly. like exactly like why <laughs> Yeah, I, like the last time I like smoked hookah is like when I was 18 and like I was a waitress, you know, <laughs> but no, I, hookah bars are on point. <laughs> I will say like, I think that like, I've become in some ways like queen of the vape. Like I, I do be, I, I stay it. vaping and I vaped mm-hmm. in afters. My character vaped in afters. Yes. <laughs> so like that was any thing. kind of smoking in a play is yeah. like 10 no, out of 10. And now during zoomers like people are like afterwards they're like why don't you vape in zoomers and i'm like well here's the thing like my character sarah she wouldn't vape you heard what she was saying she was just in like a touring production of into the woods and then a production of fiddler she's a singer and she's serious she's not gonna be vaping it's a character choice into it yeah i um I I quit. The only reason why I quit Jewel is because I involuntarily quit mm-hmm. Jewel because you have to charge it. Yeah. And yeah. I honestly was like, I one day I was like, damn it, I need to get more pods and I need to charge. But it was too cold to walk to 7-Eleven to get a charger. And I literally just truly out of like boredom and laziness, I've just like quit and haven't Jeweled since. But yeah, good every, for you. Yeah, but um, I still vape, like, intermittently, and I think it's mostly just out of boredom, and I like different colors and yeah, things. Yeah, exactly. It's like, to me, it's like the equivalent of, like, the Sunny Angels. Like, yeah, I actually, it's a thing to have. So, so you have Sunny Angels, and I have Fidget Toys. So this, this is oh, so, like, love. random. But if you like Fidget Toys, there's this, I, like, found the best one for me yeah. this summer, but it's called Stim Mags. <laughs> And they are these little um, bar magnet things. And literally, I just, I do this all day. Oh, that seems like so much fun. Yeah, I need to get. And I like it because it almost feels like I'm holding a vape. Yeah. But it's not. And like, I don't know, something, because some fidget toys, I don't like the fidget spinner. I don't, it doesn't do it for me. I just don't. But some stim mags. Think about, yeah. I, yeah, because I feel like I would miss, like, holding holding something in my hand if I tried to quit. Actually, my mom's cousin, like, in the 80s, quit smoking with hypnosis. So then... I heard this is, like, really popular. Yeah, my mom is, like... <laughs> it's really you, effective. If you want to quit, like, we'll, we'll get you a hypnotist. We'll do it for your health. Um, so I am considering maybe because I think it also would be fun to get hypnotized like once in my life and I think it's a good actor thing to do as well yeah I would I would like to see if I could be hypnotized I'm really suspicious of hypnotism I would say Mm -hmm. so like I do I do kind of want to be hypnotized to stop Mm -hmm. Um. yeah because I hear people say that all the time like 
I literally I saw I was watching a Doja Cat Instagram live and she's like super famous for like vaping a lot but then yeah. she said like I was actually I just was hypnotized and I just quit and I'm like I've heard this people say this so many times before I'm like I want to there must be like a certification you can so where get, are the vape know. hypnotists where are the vape they're making so much I, money <laughs> I wonder like if the cigarette hypnotists had to kind of learn some different trips tricks once vaping became the thing like oh, it's a very yeah slightly different process it's like what? updating your software it's like oh, really I can't imagine well <laughs> anyways um zo- but anyways check out zoomers and um also what else was i into? where can we find you on instagram um you can find me on instagram at meg specter it's easy peasy m-e-g-s-p-e-c-t-r-e and if we are plugging things mm-hmm. right now i i do have i do have a little bit of a special announcement um yes yeah, I'm breaking the news right here on Evil Thespians. Yes. <laughs> um, so I have, I have like a tight 15 minute comedy set that has like silly songs and anecdotes. It's a little bit cabaretish. It's a little bit mm-hmm. one woman show. Ooh, I, um, I love those. Yeah, so and good. it will be going up in january um the meg specter spectacular we have not announced dates yet we have not announced where it is but january spectacular spectacular it's gonna be me and a couple other kind of cool comics who are doing stuff with silly songs and stories um it might become a weekly thing if it goes Mm -hmm. well it might be a one-off, but keep on the lookout for the watch Mac- the space. <laughs> yeah, watch, watch yeah. out! It's coming. Yeah. That's it's coming. awesome! Oh my gosh, how long have you been like working on this? Um, I've had this kind of set that I've been evolving for like maybe two or so years. Um, I've done it at a couple like really shitty comedy open mics and at a benefit once for a residency um it's got it's got some like mashup songs it's it's got it's got lots of stuff it's got dolls Mm -hmm. it's got prop comedy um (laughs) i love that it's a real i think showcase of like my brand and like what i can do outside of other people's work yeah yeah, because I feel like your brand is so unique and, like, is such a huge differentiator because there is, like, this huge, uh, you know, subculture of, like, performance artists that even, like, uh, if they're comedic, it's kind of gives this very muted, um, almost, like, uh, black and white kind of vibe. I'm just, like, I feel like 2024 is the year of color. Um, yeah, and yeah. I just feel like the col- color is coming back. Um, yeah, I think it's <laughs> coming back. Big, a big year for being funny. I actually, I used to have like all of my funny videos up on um, on YouTube, and but it was attached to my school email. So when my school email account got deleted because I no longer went there, the whole YouTube oh. got wiped. And I've thought about putting them back up, but I just like haven't yet. And then. I was at a party the other day and this guy said to me like you need to put your videos back up 
because I've been like telling my friends that you're like a funny girl and like a girl weird Al Yankovic and to check out your stuff. And then they go to your Instagram and they don't see any of it and they don't understand what I'm talking about. So you have to put them back up. So I do think 2024 is the is the year that I reveal the the Meg Specter Art School archives. Yeah, like the Specterverse is about to. Yeah, it's about to pop off. It's like Specterverse is. Yeah, and you know what's funny? I was thinking. I was like, there needs to be a, like a vibe shift of uh, the vision of the It Girl transitioning away from being very like this aloof like there's this aloof it girl archetype and I'm really interested in like the very funny girl archetype like a yeah being a funny um affable woman yeah I think there's so much power in that yeah Yeah. because I feel like to be like a funny person and be invested in what is interesting and unique and like comical like that's Mm -hmm. probably the most intellectual like serious thing you can do I think people are gearing up to like take comedy seriously Mm -hmm. take the silly as seriously in a way that maybe has been at the wayside in the arts for a little bit I think that people Mm -hmm. are ready to like have some real fun I think people are ready for the Mm -hmm. girls to have some fun yeah let's let the girls live yeah let the girls please Uh, I know yeah I totally I don't know what it is or like I just feel like 2024 is the year of like let the girls thrive please um yeah definitely well I am so excited I'm so excited too thank you so much this was so much fun Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Um, for better or worse, you're the first guest that, or you're the first guest that's on an uh, episode that is sponsored. Woo! And and I'm just trying it for the first time. And you know, no, I love we, we shall see. I, we think, shall I see. think that was great. And I said <laughs> it before you. You found the perfect place to put it. It was I know. Masterclass. It was skillful. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just so excited that it's like something I genuinely like and also it's not something like you know just like oh, yeah, audible.com it's like yeah 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 the Casper like, mattress yeah. yeah it's like hey you read books have you ever heard about audible.com have you ever heard a book yeah yeah um have you ever heard of me undies yeah it's like yeah definitely but um yeah thank you so much for bearing with me like this is really awesome and yeah i hope people check out specterverse um meg Spe- oh meg specter extravagant spectacular yeah the, the meg specter spectacular it's it's coming it's coming right. for, it's coming for yeah buckle up uh-uh. <laughs> cool okay. but awesome Cool. Well, thank you again so much. And yeah, let me know if, you know, if you have questions, concerns, or if like you're up late at night and like, should I have said this? Sometimes people do that. But um, (laughs) yeah, let me know. And then or yeah, I'll just um, probably I'll have this out like by the end of this week or I usually try to just but easy peasy um, yeah yeah, let me know if you have any follow-up questions we can we can jump back and really dive into it all right yay well yeah thank you so much again and uh yeah I'll yeah I'll be in New York I'll I'm I'll see you actually when when we were both in the Eric reading I didn't realize that you didn't live here See, that's really funny because I I just kind of show up at like like you said, like I just 
will show up and um i my plan is like i want to show up in other states but mm-hmm. new york is just like the closest within arm's reach right. and so i'm just like oh, i just dropped in from chicago <laughs> So uh, I try to go at least a couple times a year <laughs> as much as I can. See you next time you're in town. Yes, definitely. And I'll probably, I, I see, I love websites. So I'm probably going to hit up some uh, of these like baby angels or sunny angels <laughs> yeah. pretty soon. So, and I'll totally. tell you. <laughs> yeah, get cool. into it. Once yeah. you start though, be careful. You can't, you can't stop I'm once so you're excited. Into your home. Well, have a great rest of your nights and yeah, go see Zoomers, follow Meg on Instagram and and scene.